Democrats and a couple of squished Republicans pass a worthless bill. Could Brazil be on the verge of a coup? And Iran is having has had a really bad couple of weeks. This is Gene. And you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics on our last international day where we can see where everything is being effed up around the world. So here's some news first. Uh, I one of the reasons I feel I have to like do some news is because a lot of this stuff I'd like to cover, but I can't because I just don't have the time. I haven't forgotten them, but I figure I've got time later and I never do. So let's get let's get to some of the news here. Uh, the Senate passed the Respect for Marriage Act by a count of 62 to 38. Twelve Republicans joined the Democrats. That shouldn't shock you. Got like Mitt Romney and all those. Squishes And basically what this does is it codifies o- Oberfeld, which is the gay marriage uh, ruling by the Supreme Court. Um, the law protects religious liberty. That's fine. A little bit. It protects religious liberty at home and within religious institutions, but not necessarily out in the real world. So the idea here is that if you're a Catholic, a Roman Catholic, and you own a baker shop, it will protect you while you're in the church. It'll make sure that churches can't don't have to do the gay marriage thing, but it doesn't protect you at your at your business when you when you got a trans guy that wants a trans um, a tra- a cake for his trans coming out party. It doesn't protect them there. Now again, that's always that's already been ruled on. I, this the point of the, the problem with this whole thing. It's already been ruled on. It doesn't really make any difference. Okay, this is kind of a worthless law. I think it was Matt Walsh that said, you know, all this does is, all this does is make Democrats go out there and scream that they passed something bipartisan. Now. Uh, Marco Rubio and Mike Lee each wanted to add amendments that would protect religious people outside of their homes and the church and the uh, religious institutions. Of course, those were beaten down. The idea with religion, and this is something the left doesn't get, or they do get, and they just don't care. And I think that's probably more the truth. It is, it allows, it does not, religious people are religious wherever they go. God is there and their religion is there every day, no matter where. They make decisions based off their religion on a day-in-day basis, day-in, day-out basis. They go to the store or they see a bum on the street and they want to give a handout. That's a religious decision and they usually make that decision based off of their religion. So religious duty does not stop inside the church or inside the home. It continues outside. Well, the problem is the Democrats, and again, this is the slippery slope theory. Eventually what they want to do is they want to, they want to kill religion. That's their goal. And they want to make it that if you do not support everything that leftism supports, including gay marriage, transgender things, and whatever, you can't use religion as, as an excuse. And that's what they're trying to do. I mean, the bake shop in Colorado, baker shop in Colorado, the problem with this law for for the leftists, um, the baker shop in Colorado has already been ruled on, I think, three times. So I don't think that that is even a thing anymore. It's a BS law. It isn't necessary. 
Okay, uh, the the uh, House passed another bill that would avert a rail strike next week. On December 6th, uh, the railroad unions said they were going to go on strike. So what did the House do? They passed a bill saying the rail people can't go on strike. Gave them some Mickey Mouse things like um, uh, extra three days of unpaid leave for medical, things like that. Little, little garbage. Um, the president, of course being the way he is, decided to dump this on Congress instead of letting himself or his Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, deal with it. Kind of a kind of a puss move. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's just kind of a it's kind of a Mickey Mouse move that they do that kind of thing. But all right, they did. So this this thing has gone out. It's now going to go to the Senate. They think that this is not going to pass in the Senate. It's going to be, a, they think it's going to be 50-50. So they're not completely sure this is actually going to pass. So we'll have to see. So I just hope you got your Christmas shopping done already. Because if these guys actually do go on strike, um, <laughs> Chris getting Christmas presents is going to be kind of a bear. We'll have to see what's going to happen. In other news, Hakeem Jeffries has been elected as the minority leader in the House. So this is a far-left guy. He's a socialist, basically. He's part of the squad. The squad's probably thrilled about it. AOC and all them, they're probably just cheering this along. So I can't wait to see what this guy's going to do. The, the only good news is it's like having daily sound bites from AOC. So I think this is going to be kind of fun to listen to this guy talk. And, he's good, and this guy talks. He doesn't care. Uh, in other news, Eric Adams has decided to involuntarily hospitalize the mentally ill. Uh, this is a good start. Now do criminals. Now do drug addicts. I mean, this does have to happen. I don't think it goes far enough to address the problem. My, my personal opinion is we seriously need to bring back the sanitarium, sanitarium system for the mentally ill and drug addicted. Now, with the sanitarium system, what you end up having is these people are involuntary, involuntarily incarcerated, and they have to go through the hospital. It's like prison, except it's not. They're hospitals, essentially. I think we should do that in California. We've got a wide, we've got a lot of desert land we could be using to solve this issue, and we all we have to do is stick some sanitariums out there like prisons and put these people in except the goal with these folks is to actually be rehabilitate rehabilitated it's not punishment but you need to get off drugs you need to get off you need to take your medication you need to be become a, a member of society again and i think this is what we're going to need to do in this country to do it again good luck with this especially in new york here's the problem Especially what they're doing in New York. Again, I think what they're doing in New York is a good thing. I, I do think this is a good thing. It should have been done years ago. I think they should do the same thing for criminals. They don't do it for criminals. But here's the big problem I have. What are What's going to happen with the cops? This is involuntary incarceration. That's what this is. The cops get crap every time they do something. And you can pretty much assume... That some of the mentally ill, yeah, they're not going to go. They're not going to want to go. 
So what's going to happen? Now the cops have been given the the uh, given the the job of going in and collecting all the mentally ill. And what happens when there's a, actual violence that occurs? That somebody that everyone records this stuff on their phones, and we're going to see it. What's going to happen then? Are we going to have more riots because a mentally ill black man, for example, decides to wave a knife and he gets shot? What's going to happen then? The other issue I have, and I really think this is an issue, is I would bet my left arm that the ACLU will sue New York City because the the mentally ill have their freedoms, according to the ACLU. That's half the reason you can't just involuntary, involuntarily incarcerate the homeless in California. Because the ACLU sued, they won. And now they're all allowed to be on the streets making everybody else's life miserable. All right. So, I mean, good idea. Good intentions. Don't think the intentions mean anything. So, in other news... Big news. Uh, the U.S. men's team moved on to the knockout round of the World Cup. That means they win a huge bonus for getting there. A total of $13 million that they would split among themselves if they didn't have a collective bargaining agreement with the women's team. So what's going to happen with that bonus? The women are going to get $6.5 million of the men's winnings. And they'll split that among them. The women's team that, by the way, doesn't... $6.5 million for the women's team is more than the women's team would have earned if they had won the World Cup. All for equity. I wonder when the, when the women win. <clears throat> I know the answer to this already. Will they be splitting their winnings with the men who were sitting on their asses at home watching? Just like the women sitting at their home sitting in their homes on their asses watching the men bust their asses against severely more talented teams than the women faced. And by the way, the men's team severely more talented than the women's team. There's a reason people don't watch women's soccer. It's cuz it's boring. It's slow. It's not as physical. They they don't kick as hard. It's boring. I mean, yeah, men's soccer is boring too. But the reality of the matter is the men earn that kind of money because after this, after this cup is done, after the World Cup is done, the World Cup will be taking in something like $8 billion, something like that. I, I can't remember. I, I thought it was it's between 4 and $8 billion. Do you know what the women's World Cup took in? $750 million. Kind of a big difference, yeah? Oh, well. Uh, you know what? It's the men's fault for doing that. They shouldn't have agreed. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, here's President Biden. And he is so unaware. I don't know if... I, I got a feeling this was not in his speech and he just said this. But my God, this is such a telling statement. Listen. And I'm sure I'll make mistakes, but you know me. Don't hesitate to correct me when I make it. And I know you, you won't hesitate. <laughs> but I really mean it. I really mean it. 
Well, I tell you what, no one's ever done as much as president as this administration is doing, period. The lack of any self-awareness by this guy is just absolutely incredible to me. I mean, you know, he's right. They are doing more to the country, and I say to, than any other president. I mean, they are effing this country up beyond all belief. But here's the thing. He, he, what's more disturbing about this, he's proud of it. He's proud of what he's doing to the country. And that means he's going to continue doing it. Just no self-awareness whatsoever. And then all those idiots in the background cheating, uh, cheering. Absolutely incredible. And speaking of the Biden administration effing the country, here's another amazing move by him. Uh, this is from, I can't remember where this is from. I believe this is from the uh, Fox News. Democrat President Joe Biden faced backlash over the weekend after his administration announced it would allow Chevron to resume pumping oil in socialist Venezuela. The move from the leftist Biden administration reversed restrictions that the Trump administration had put on companies in an effort to oust the socialist dictator Nicolas Maduro. Again, it's always something they decide to throw in Trump's face. It's always Trump. They want to go after him. They want to just destroy his legacy, like Trump kind of tried to do with Obama. So this is, this is uh, the article continues. Uh, this is from the uh, Treasury Department. On November 26th, the Unitary Platform and Maduro regime announced the resumption of talks in Mexico City, a humanitarian agreement focused on education, health, food, se food security, flood response, and electricity programs that will benefit the Venezuelan people, and agreement on the continuation of talks focused on the 2024 elections, the Treasury Department said in a statement. Quote, Following this announcement and consistent with the U.S. government policy, the Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control and issued Venezuela general license authorizing Chevron Corporation to resume limited natural resource extraction. The statement said that the move by the administration is to, quote, provide targeted sanctions relief was based on the Venezuelan government recent actions to help its people and support the restoration of democracy. Okay. I just, some things here. I, what about the education, health, food security, and power in this country? Energy in this country? Who gives an F about Venezuela? We've got problems here. The problems, by the way, that could be solved if you allowed us to drill in this country. A country that actually, this is a country that actually stole the oil rigs and the oil companies from Chevron in the first place. I don't even know if Chevron's going to want to do this under Hugo Chavez when he took over. Why in God's name would you trust these people to, to be helpful? And that's another thing. Restore democracy in Venezuela? Is that a joke? Maduro is a brutal dictator. He's killed thousands of his own citizens. The people are starving while Maduro is eating steak and drinking wine. This is the typical America last policy we've come to, I guess, come to expect. We are going to give money to a tyrannical government instead of creating jobs here. 
drilling our on our own lands, refining our own oil, which, by the way, is going to be a lot cleaner than anything we get out of Venezuela. And we'll have to pay them with tax dollars, that's Venezuela, again. By the way, I do love one thing here, and it's it really catches, catches me. I mean, if we're drilling in Venezuela to try and replace the drilling that we're not doing in the United States, how's that helping the environment? I mean, is the United States actually not drilling in the United States? Is that going to bring us out of climate change? The reality is no. <coughs> Joe Biden, this is all done on purpose. Joe Biden wants to raise my, raise uh, lower the standard of living here, get us used to it, and make us like everybody else. That's that whole great reset thing that we talk about pretty much on a daily basis now. Okay, so let's go on. Brazil, again, another South American country. Um, they could be on the precipice of a civil war or military coup. Don't know yet. We'll have to see. We'll know within the next 30 days, I can tell you that. Uh, the current president is uh, Jair Bolsonaro, who is a conservative. He's right-wing. He lost election a couple of months ago to the le to a left-wing politician, Luis Ignacio Lula de Silva. Many in the country believe that the election was fraudulent, and this is because of voting machines. Voting machines can be manipulated. Voting machines make mistakes. They can be hacked. Does that sound familiar? I don't know when people are going to realize you have to go to a voting booth and you have to put it down on paper. Now, the kicker is Bolsonaro, he is challenging the election, but he does ensure that if his challenges go unheard of, and I think it was just a couple days ago they did, if his challenges go nowhere, he's just going to transition power. He, he's not going to bother with it. And, he, and that's because... He's not actually going to be out of the political picture by any stretch of the imagination. Now, the people, on the other hand, are not happy about this. They shouldn't be. Lula is a socialist. He's been investigated several times for corruption. He even served prison time for corruption while he was vice president and in the Senate down there. The people see what they people also see what happened under socialism in Venezuela. And then suddenly a socialist is in office. And they, they, don't, they, they don't want to end up like what Hugo Chavez did back in 2008. So people are in the streets. You don't see this on the news anymore because uh, it's still going. It's been going for two months. It's never stopped. You don't see it in the news because they don't want to, they don't want to talk about it. They want to let it go. I mean... A socialist has been elected. They want, they, they're thrilled about that. So the news media kind of ignores it. Even Fox News doesn't talk too much about it. I think they should. I think it's important. Uh, so people are in the streets, but for the most part, it's peaceful, except for certain cities. Certain cities like, uh, what's that one city called? Mato Grosso is not Moto Grosso. It's not peaceful. They're using Molotov cocktails to blow things up. Illegal weapons are being used over there. The police are trying to, to calm those cities down to bring bring down the temperature. So, But it's not working. What's worse is the military has just released a report saying that there was no fraud in the elections. 
but there were rumblings in the military. And there was talk about implementing uh, an Article 42 of Brazil's Constitution, which allows the military to reinstate the, quote, proper president, end quote. In other words, in Brazil, you can legally perform a military coup. The military can do that. I think it's weird. And a lot of people are saying, well, they shouldn't be able to do that. I agree with that. I don't think they should be able to do that. In the United States, if the military sees there's issues, they can rebel against the president. They can do that if they're if the president's not following the Constitution. But you can't just do a coup and put your own president man back in. Again, that's only rumors. The military said the election was legit. So I'm not exactly sure if this is something that came in. I believe I read that in Reuters or something. We'll have to see. And we'll know soon. We'll know within a month. Lula is set to take office on January 1st. And you know what I think is going to happen? I think he's going to take office. And then I think he's going to try and implement all that crap. Bolsonaro, who's not really been seen by the press because the press doesn't like him over there. They're left. The press is as leftist in Brazil as they are in the United States. So they don't like the guy. So he's just decided I'm not going to talk to him. I don't think Lula is going to make any massive changes to the country like Hugo Chavez does. I don't think he has the ability. But the different, the problem is he does have warm feelings for countries like Russia and China. And that could be a real problem. And that's one of the reasons the United States worried about this and probably should continue to worry about it. Because the last thing we need is China. We already have we already had the Soviet Union in Central America. We don't need China in South America. So we'll have to see how that whole thing goes. Now, before we get to our last story, I do want to apologize about something. Uh, and the, what I want to apologize about is the sound. You may have heard when you started, when we started, it was really poppy, really loud. Yeah, what happened was I upgraded... Uh, <laughs> to, off, to um, Windows 11 yesterday, and it apparently jacked with my settings. So I have to go in and I have to fix my settings a little bit. So I apologize for that. I should have probably tested it before I went in and um, started talking to see what Windows 11 was going to end up doing with my computer. The other problem is I really think I need a new computer. I have only two only two USB ports, and one of them just crashed out on me. Eh, computer's five years old, probably time to get it. five, six years old. It's up there. It has been a champ. Still works. I mean, there's no question. It still works, but it's probably time to get a new computer. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'll have to talk to Josie about it and ask for her permission. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go buy one and not tell her. Okay, well, it's been a bad week for Iran. It's been a bad last couple of weeks for Iran. So let's let's talk about that. Um, they're ex they're experiencing protests beyond all belief, and these protests we did talk about it earlier. Uh, it's over the killing of that twenty one year old woman who refused to wear a headscarf. She was arrested by the morality police, and then she was killed. 
And then the government decided to say, oh, no, no, it had nothing to do. She had like a heart attack or something. And then they didn't refuse to release the body and all sorts of fun stuff. And nobody believes any of this stuff. The morality police in Iran is known for killing people. So thousands have been killed by the police and the military in Iran, the Revolutionary Guard. And, and it's getting really ugly. And when I say thousands, I probably should say tens of thousands. Again, we don't really hear what's going on in Iran. It's just something that it's just something that's there. So we really don't know what's going on. We only know what we're hearing. Uh, Iran already has very limited internet access. So people are having, people can't actually send anything to social media. And by the way, that's the problem that Iran is having right off the bat. And we'll talk about that at the end, but that's the problem. Um, the world has gone global. I mean, everyone knows what everyone's doing in every other country. And the countries that try to su suppress that, yeah, it's not working out for them real well. China is experiencing, as we talked yesterday, China's experiencing the same thing. And Iran comes up with the same tired old story that uh, the United States is orchestrating the protests. I mean, really old. They say that every time there's a problem in the in the United States, every time there's a problem in Iran, it's the United States that did it. By the way, with all of this, why are we still negotiating a nuclear deal with these people? They're liars. They've always been liars. They treat their people like crap. I am so tired of hearing about Elon Musk, but like, like Apple now is fighting Elon Musk. And yet Apple is making iPhones in China through slave labor, by the way. I mean, slave labor to the point, one of the Apple factories, and you never heard this on the news, one of the Apple factories actually protested. They refused to go to work. And a bunch of them were killed by the Chinese police. You didn't hear anything about that, did you? That happened a few years ago. But, you know, Apple continues on. They're doing their thing. But uh, I don't think that is the biggest problem Iran had. Um, they looked really bad in the World Cup. <laughs> and I know that really bothered him. So the United States decided to stand through a action of standing with the Iranian protesters. Because the United States just can't keep its beak shut. And, and they've always got to get in the middle of everything. They decided to post a picture on their on Twitter. I think it was Twitter. I didn't actually see it because it was removed so quickly. A picture of the Iranian flag without the Islamic symbol in the middle. Now, the Iranian flag used to be green, white, and red, and that was it. And then in 1979, when the mullahs took over, they added the Islamic symbol in the middle of the flag. Well, the United States just put out the original flag of Iran because the United States defeated Iran today, or yesterday, one to nothing, to put them into the next round and eliminate Iran from the competition, which is, which is uh, embarrassing. Okay, so Iran decided to say, well, they posted this picture. The United States, in, in the bravest of fashions, removed the, um, removed the deal, removed the post, 
and said it was an accident. It was no accident. We know it wasn't an accident. Uh, but Iran went to FIFA and said, oh, hey, you, you need to remove the United States from the World Cup because they did this. And of course, the FIFA just like looked there and, no, we're not going to do that. Come on, stop it. You're killing me. So we'll have to see what's, what's going to happen in the next round for the United States. And what we're also going to have to see, because Iran lost and because these guys were protesting, what's going to happen to them? I'm really curious to see what's going to happen to them. Now, the Iranian soccer team did sing when they were playing against the United States. They did sing the national anthem. And the reason they did, apparently, they didn't look happy about it. I won't lie. They did not look happy about it. But they did sing the national anthem. Do you know why? They sang the national anthem because Iran threatened the players by stating that if they did not sing the national anthem and bring pride to their country, they were going to arrest, torture, and kill family members. Yeah. We should we should really, with Iran, with this country, we should definitely create a nuclear deal with these guys. But that's what Joe Biden wants. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Iran is being way too petty. And I, the, the, the only thing, I know... Well, I'll get to that in a second. But here's the thing. Um, the mullahs are in trouble. And I think they know it. They're, they're getting old. They're extremely conservative. And the people of Iran are younger, more liberal, and more secular. This goes for the military, too. The military is being joined not by radical Islamists, which is what the mullahs are. They're being West, they're being, they're regular people. They're like you and me. Like I said, I know a ton of Iranians. And they look at Iran and they're sad about it. They're not happy about it. Most of them are conservative like you or me. The, here's the thing. Um, Iran is becoming westernized. The people are becoming westernized. And, I, and they're beginning to protest. They're beginning to riot they're beginning to protest. They're beginning to destroy things. And they want an overturn of this government. And with the mullahs and the Revolutionary Guard being a bunch of old men, that's going to happen sooner than later. I don't think the mullahs have long to rule. Now, we've talked about, we've talked about protests. We've talked about China. We've talked about Brazil. And we've now talked about Iran. I mean, we're not even talking about Russia, okay? Russia's a disaster, too. They're losing that war in Ukraine. They're going to lose the war in Ukraine. They have, at, at, they have said that they want to start negotiating with Ukraine. But Zelensky is uh, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. He's getting way too much money from the United States for whatever reason. Could he have Joe Biden in his back pocket? Probably. We won't know until Hunter, laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop is investigated. But the only good thing with all of the strife that is around the world is that now China's going to have to deal with their own thing. They're going to have to deal with their people. And even though I think China will deal with their people and they'll deal with it like they've dealt with it for centuries, they'll kill them. China's going to have a tough time just going off all the way on that stuff because 
there are so many people. China also has way too many men. That's because of that one-child policy they implemented where little girls were actually being aborted, forcefully aborted or killed, and only the male could be born. Now they have too, way too many males and not enough females. It is something like 30% of the country is female. 70% is male. So China's got a lot of problems. Their economy is going into the toilet. Same with, same with Iran. The United States doesn't have to do much to make it that China goes away and that Iran, China is not as th- a threat like they were and Iran is not a threat like it was, like it was. All they have to do is sit back. Don't give them money. Don't give them help. And guess what? Everything will fall, fall apart. Like I said, with, with, the, with the iPhone, the iPhone 15, now they're, they're saying it could be two years before they actually put that thing out. And Apple has, and that's being liberal. Apple puts out an iPhone every year. Now they're saying they're not sure they're going to be able to do that because of all the internal strife and because of this one COVID policy. I know I'm, I was talking about Iran, but it's the same thing. Iran supports all of the terrorism in the Middle East, in Israel, in uh, Israel, because they do want to eliminate Israel. They're having a lot of problems with that right now because they, they can't take care of their own country. They have to make sure their country doesn't fall apart. Because if they do, that means they're no longer in power and that's going to be a problem. Okay, so tomorrow, um, I'll do, the podcast will be culture only. I'm only going to talk about culture unless something bizarre happens in the political world. And there's a ton of it. I mean, a ton of it that I have not talked. The good news is the stories come at flashes. And basically, I don't even need to explain too much because they're just so stupid. But again, I apologize for the sound. I hope it sounds a lot better later in the podcast. Uh, You have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.